Wednesday. It is the end of our Winkly week here. It is me, your managing editor, Nick Hausman, back in the saddle for another episode of the Winkly. And I'm joined here as I am every Thursday by my good friend, Justin Labar. Justin, welcome back to the Winkly. Good to be back. We got a lot of news to get to here, as we always do. We are recapping the past 24 hours in pro wrestling and pro wrestling news. And after we get through the news here today, we got two more big interviews for you. Right after the news, you're going to first hear from ECW original, the queen of extreme, Francine. She's going to be uh, here talking about her new Eyes Up Here podcast and uh, reliving a couple of wonderful, colorful ECW memories. I think you guys are going to love it. Also, right after Francine, you're going to hear our own Brian Wool's latest interview from the Impact LA media event that happened late last week. This one is a big one. We're going to hear from Jimmy Jacobs. You're going to get Francine and Jimmy Jacobs both here right after the news. And with that, let's get to it here. News you can use, news that'll leave a bruise. And uh, we will start where we, uh, what we dwelled on most of yesterday, just to get it out of the way. Uh, for those that were wondering, is he, will he, won't he be at StarCast 4? Well, the answer is a big, yes, of course he'll be there. The man who was recently released is the SmackDown executive director, Eric Bischoff. He will be at StarCast 4. I'm not hugely surprised by this, but man, you know, I meant to say this yesterday, and I'm glad this is giving me a chance to say it here today. The winner in this whole Eric Bischoff, Bruce Pritchard, SmackDown executive director, dilemma, drama, whatever you want to call it, is Conrad Thompson. He has got himself a big name that he can attach to an event that is already pretty WCW-themed, and uh, I'm sure everybody wants to hear from Eric right now. I wonder how open he will be about his time at WWE when he uh, appears at StarCast. Yeah, I mean, um, you got to figure. It's not like he's expecting now to go back there, so you got to figure. It's kind of like, you know, what does he have to lose uh, other than just being honest? Uh, I mean, uh, you know, I know for I know for a long time he couldn't and wouldn't talk about TNA because I think there was ongoing legal stuff and right. what have you. But, right. uh, you know, so at this point he's probably free as a bird to speak and say whatever he wants. Yeah, I think so too, you know, and it, last night was uh, of course the latest round of the Wednesday night wars between NXT and AEW. No Bischoff on AEW, not even allusion to Bischoff on AEW here. So, um, I don't know. Yeah. Eric in the clear to just kind of, I would think do whatever he wants. I know that he, I, I would, I will say I would be a little surprised to hear him speak outspokenly and poorly of WWE because while he is not there as the executive director there and it does not sound like this has worked out, there's any number of ways Eric can still be used by WWE as a talking head on DVDs, selling T-shirts, action, whatever, maybe another action figure down the line. I don't think it would be in Eric's best interest to show up at StarCast and uh, give a John Moxley-style uh, podcast interview to Jim Ross about his time there. Well, and I don't think we'd get that anyways, because I don't I don't think that he was there for I mean, you know, he wasn't there for a whole lot of time. I mean, I think I don't I don't think anything Eric can say if he I think Eric could be honest, and I don't think there's anything he's gonna be able to he's gonna say that's gonna be like earth shattering. I mean, like what is he gonna say? Yeah, you know, I went there um trying to get caught up with things, had some ideas here, but it wasn't in line with Vince's vision. And that that would not shock anybody, you know what I mean? It's not like that would be um, you know, new information that you know that that that, that Eric was, you know, not in line with what the overall goal. I mean, you know what I mean? So I, I think he could be honest. Um, I don't, I, you know, I don't think he has to, I don't think he's gonna go out there and, and, and throw any names brutally under the bust, uh, but I'd be still be honest just about where things, you know, fell short. Yeah. Well, uh, and on the note of Bischoff here, he put out a tweet yesterday announcing his new fired t-shirt leaning in. This is the lean in era. I swear leaning in. He's uh, got this new fired t-shirt. They swear that it's unrelated to his departure. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. And of all the people, to respond to Bischoff's new T-shirt, uh, the one and only CM Punk. He saw the shirt and he responded to it by saying, 
wedding day or nah? An illusion about how he was fired from WWE on his wedding day. Oh, jokester. It's all in the past now, Justin. It's a it's a bit of comedy that I was fired on my wedding day. Yeah, I'm CM Punk. And, you know, again, funny that he, you know, I mean, he's going to make whatever comments he wants. But, of course, we're still waiting to see if he's going to show up on Fox, uh, as has been heavily rumored. So, yeah, but uh, very, very CM Punk-esque there. Yeah. Um, well, uh, I wanted to touch on a, a little bit of news coming out of the uh, AEW NXT wars last night. Uh, PWInsider.com reporting that Luchasaurus did not compete on AEW Dynamite due to a hamstring, in- hamstring injury. Uh, he was replaced by fellow Jungle Express member Marco Stunt who got to tag with Jungle Boy in a losing effort to the Lucha Brothers. Uh, apparently, the AEW officials uh, d- reportedly decided to pull Luchasaurus from the match in the afternoon so he didn't risk any further injury, and uh, there's no word yet on when he'll be back in action. But uh, good, if the man said, yeah, don't make people work, that's kind of in line with what we've been hearing about AEW. Taking, putting the wrestlers first, that's very good. Uh, what, did you think, what did you think of the shows last night, Justin? Who, who for you won the day? Well, uh, you know, if you want in-depth and full, like I said, check out, you know, check out the podcast we did live last night uh, with, with Matt, Glenn, and Raj. But I, I'll say I think AEW, again, won it for me. Um, I did think for both shows, for both AEW and NXT, it was the least must-see so far in the in the head-to-head era they've gone with each other. Uh, I do think both shows' viewership will also will decline from what it was previously. Um, that's not to say that either were bad. They, they've also set bars pretty high coming out the gate pretty strong uh i didn't think either was a you know crap the bed i just thought that uh, again it, both were the least must see so far i don't know i i liked AEW last night i thought it flowed really well i liked the pacing of the there's a lot of stuff that kind of crashing in uh cutting people off i thought the women had a great match um i like this i like the stuff between moxley and omega especially omega's like big barbed wire uh broom and uh, I thought the main event, you know, I was watching Chris Jericho and Darby Allen there in the main event. Darby looked much better here than he did in his match against Jimmy Havoc the week before, first of all. Um, but if you're, if you're a, a casual wrestling fan and you're flipping around and you see Chris Jericho and he's got all this crazy hot topic makeup on and he's in a, and he's in a car crash brawl with this guy who looks like he's the hot topic manager, really hot topic feel going on at, at AEW at the moment. I wonder, you know, we haven't seen Jericho in a match yet. I wonder if that last quarter hour does better than expected. I wonder what the Jericho effect will be for him actually having a match. Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, if you see the gra- if you're a ca- if you're talking about a casual fan, if you're talking about somebody maybe who really has been removed from wrestling for several years, and you're wondering if they flip through and find it. I mean, I don't even know if they'd recognize that's Chris Jericho. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, yeah, I don't know. Uh, but uh, but no, I mean, look again. Both shows weren't bad, and I and I do. And yeah, AEW was slightly better for me. Um, you know, going into it, I was looking more forward to the main event of NXT. I was looking very much. I was looking forward to. Uh, Pete Dunne versus uh, Damian Priest, uh, and I and they did not have a bad match. But I actually Darby Allen Jericho won me over. I, I was more entertained on that match. Uh, and I, you know, this, I thought the stuff of um, you know some might say you know Jericho, the world champion, shouldn't have to do this to to you know to overcome a Darby Allen. But I'm fine with it. And him elevating a Darby Allen, the fact that he almost got beat by a guy that has had his hands tied behind his back. I thought it was a very dramatic, compelling touch, and uh, it, it that 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 won me over that, that final segment. The problem with NXT, man, is it just feels so small. You know, I tweeted that out this morning, and it's like, the wrestling's not bad, but it just feels quiet, dark. I, I really think that it's a misstep to have stayed in full sale as long as they did. And, you know, I get it. It's going to be hard to draw 5,000 people f- for each week on NXT. 
I, I don't know how that's going to roll, but uh, you just, again, it's like you look at the two things next to each other. One of them looks like a big fun party. One of them looks like some kind of creepy fight club. Um, I don't know. Just it's, well, it continues to be my You know, party. supposedly they're going to go on the road starting in 2020, NXT is. Uh, but I wonder, you know, that's still um, that's still more than two months away, potentially. I um, and, I, and I wonder what. You know, I mean, I you know how many weeks in a row? You know, we as of as of us recording right now, we don't have the numbers in front of us yet for what Wednesday night did. But how many weeks in a row will AEW beat NXT in viewership um, until NXT and WWE get a little drastic and we see, you know, John Cena show up or Roman Reigns show up or or Triple H has a match or like I mean, like I, I think for as long as for as you know AEW can keep having higher viewership than NXT. Um, but the first week, and maybe that week is this week, I don't know, but the first week that NXT's viewership keeps going down and AEW bounces back up, and that's going to be when I think NXT and WWE start worrying. As long as both keep declining each week, then they just, you know, then NXT just kind of says, ah, well, you know, the, you know, that's, it's just a trend this week. You know, it's, it's what, it's, it's the competition that we had outside of wrestling. Uh, but the moment that AEW has us moves back up. And NXT, if and NXT also goes down, that's that. I think that's where you know we're gonna start to see. I don't know, man. I kind of think yeah. that might be this week, if not next week. I mean, a NXT I, again. It's just like I look at it, and I don't know that you're gonna bring people back week after week. Champa doesn't feel like as big of a deal. I feel like as he should. Um, it just again, it's like nobody looks like a big star in that dark lit room. I don't care who they are right now, you know. I think NXT. It's not that it's not that it's dark lit. It's just it's just it just when you look side by side, yeah, it's smaller and not as it's just, yeah, it's just smaller. Yeah, it looks like a dark. It's dark. It, it, I think the darkness doesn't help. I think it is a very dark show. I mean, well, I, I think I think lit. NXT is kind of an identity crisis when when we're speaking from this standpoint. You know, on the one hand, you know, it's like it's like you know, I said this last night. NWA owns you know NWA now with their with their power. Hour, I mean, they, like they own. Um, that's they, they, they just, they just completely take ownership of that small studio right. wrestling feel. Right. Um, and so it's, there's no, there's no mystique about what they are. They are, that's what they're trying to do. NXT is kind of like on the one hand, they're trying to sell you with this, you know, billion dollar budget of a huge led, um, entrance way and, 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 and the high, high quality production values that WWE can do. Uh, but then they also are trying to like sell you on the intimate, NXT crowd and it's 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 like we got to pick one or the other you know what I mean yeah uh yeah I, I don't know I just I want and, think- and it always worked up to this point until you had competition a few channels away that are in you know 10,000 person arenas I just I feel an energy around AEW and I know that you know they dropped the second week here but I I do I think they're gonna see a, an uptick in viewership a lot quicker than NXT is going to see an uptick in viewership I would be very surprised if it goes the other way but um, I, I really do. I think that there's going to be an uptick either this week or next week. I think that AEW's tides will turn as far as uh, losing viewership goes. I think, again, and it's just like going off the air, Jericho there is drinking champagne. It's like, this looks like a big deal to me, you know? They actually had Dom Perry on, too, I'm pretty sure. It wasn't brute. It wasn't like Corbell, I should say. I noticed that. I was like, oh, nice touch. Really nice champagne I think they're drinking there. Well, again, we all we never had a problem with NXT prior. It's just, just when you try to put it side by side. But uh, So, I mean, we'll see. But I do think AEW's viewership is going to be lower th- this week than it was last week. All right. Uh, well, uh, well, the Observer here with an update on AOP's Occam and Razor. Uh, they were not included in the 2019 WWE draft. They are reportedly joining the Raw roster, roster here very soon. Uh, WWE released a backstage promo. Uh, with the two big men expressing their frustrations over not being drafted by Fox 
or USA with Occam saying we're getting more and more frustrated every day. Sooner than later, we're going to take out our frustrations on somebody, and when we do, dot, dot, dot. Um, I don't hate this at all. Um, I just, you know, if they're going to come in and be big, imposing badasses, better ride that wave. If they come in and, you know, they're one or two matches there, they beat some people up, but then get thwarted not long after that, this feels like a whole lot of wasted time for nothing. Right. I agree. Yeah, they, they, there's going to have to be a commitment to this. Um, I, I like these. I like this repackaging of them, getting them out of the out of the SWAT gear and they're in the suits and they kind of look like, you know, just, just mob, mob hitmen. Um, speaking another language, I, I like it. There, there has to be commitment to it. I mean, I mean, how many times have we seen, you know, you know, again, yeah, like once upon a time, the Ascension came in and they were, right. they, they were feared for a couple matches and, and were touted about and, uh, and oh, well, you know, I mean like, so it, it has to be committed, you know, they have to stay committed to this. Um, so we'll see. Are they still with WWE? Is the Ascension still hired by WWE? Yes. Is one of them injured or something? Nope. They're just not on it. Did they, they didn't get drafted, I don't think, for anything. I haven't heard anything about them. Nope, but I know they're still there. Okay. Do you know any more about that? Do you know why they're not being used? Nope. Okay. <laughs> Very weird. Uh, well, Wrestling Observer reporting that Buddy Murphy is coming to uh, the Raw brand because Raw Executive Director Paul Heyman is said to be super... Super high on Buddy Murphy. And how, how can you blame him? Buddy Murphy, great. All of his matches are awesome. He looks like an action figure out of the package. Another guy, though, where it's like, if you're going to commit to him, commit to him. Uh, and that seems to be the tale for everybody in WWE right now. Well, I mean, like, and even, like, back to AOP, like, I, you know, I think about, like, like, Aleister Black's been doing these damn promos, let me in, let me in, let me in. And, you know, and we're starting to, you know, we've seen him back and forth. You know, we saw him have a match with, you know, what was it, um... Cesaro, uh, you know, weeks ago, and then you know he has a match this past week against uh, Eric Young of all people. It's like I can't tell. Like, are they, you know, like what's been the plan this whole time? Like, I mean, were, were all those promos done with any goal in mind, any payoff, or was it just filler stuff just to just to keep his name around there? You know, I mean, like Shelton Benjamin was making weird faces for weeks backstage, and never got a payoff on that. I just it just seems so so schizophrenic of what they what they decide to focus on week to week. Yeah, well, one thing it doesn't look like they're going to be focusing on anymore is Alicia Fox. The veteran WWE superstar has recently been added to the WWE alumni roster. Um, no official word. I have reached out to WWE to find out what her status is. I still haven't heard back, but it doesn't look like she's going to be in active competition. And yesterday when we were talking about the Observer's report about Eric Bischoff being released, we heard other releases could be on the horizon. I wonder if this doesn't tie into, you know, end of the year house cleaning that they're taking care of at the moment. Yeah, I, I think um, I don't know if she necessarily falls in the category of end of the year house cleaning. I, I think this has been. Well, uh, I, I, I think this. I think I think we're just now noticing this. Maybe I think she's been. Uh, I think I think her fate's been known for a while by both her and them. So she had. A, I mean, she had a. You know, uh, from from a year standpoint, she, she had a long run in WWE. I mean, she yeah. she had ups and downs. Um, uh, you know, uh, you know, there, she, she, she's very much had like an R Truth kind of run. I obviously never got to the highest of heights that R Truth actually has. You know, I mean, R Truth worked a Survivor Series main event match against The Rock and John Cena and MSG for crying out loud. But it, it's similar to R Truth in the sense of there would be time periods where they where she would be heavily involved in something and, 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 and again, committed to it and they'd be using her week to week. And then she'd have long spurts of time where she'd disappear. And there was various factors to all that stuff. But, um, well, she's a victim, but yeah, victim of her own demons, which is unfortunate, you know, especially like, cause like, I like Alicia Fox. I think she's been a great worker. I, you know, like, I think in our truth parallel is a great parallel to draw, 
very compelling, energetic characters where you can drop them in there and work with just about anybody. Um, but, you know, again, it's like that story that came out about Arn Anderson getting released for allowing Alicia to work intoxicated, so the story goes. Uh, not a great story to wrap up your career on, and um, uh, I, I don't know. if, if, if I don't know what issues, if she's dealing with them or not. I hope they get resolved, but... Um, I, didn't she? Didn't she? Didn't she also have the? Wasn't wasn't she also the story of her and, and Rousey's husband? Yeah, there was. Yes, yeah, so where she like uh, made a off comment towards him or something like that. Yeah, I, I yeah. forget exactly what it was, but yeah, you know, it is unfortunate because like you're right, she worked over a decade. She was a former Divas champion, if my memory serves me correctly. Um, I think but, she was the first African American uh, <laughs> Divas champion. Yeah, so you know, I, I she still I, she still can go. I mean, if she can get right and come back, I would I would welcome another Alicia Fox run. But uh, just a little unfortunate to to look back on what I thought was a pretty good career and the fact that it ended on on a bit of a fizzle there, if that is the case. Um, Hulk Hogan and Ric Flair, they're going to appear on Raw on October twenty eighth. That is going to be the go home show for Crown Jewel. Of course, there will be a Team Hogan versus Team Flair match at Crown Jewel. Uh, and also of note for the week before Crown Jewel, uh, TV Guide has confirmed that the SmackDown uh, that SmackDown that week is going to air on FS1. Uh, that is the same week as the MLB Game Three. Uh, SmackDown will air from the Spirit, Cine- Spirit Center in Kansas City, Missouri. Uh, that night, it'll be the last show before Crown Jewel. So just a couple notes there about the go-home episodes before Crown Jewel. I'm sure Hogan and Flair will be great. That last exchange they have with, uh, had was, uh, was very entertaining, and I think they drew like a half million people to the show. So I wouldn't be surprised if post-Crown Jewel, the Hogan-Flair duo continue to pop up on WWE TV quasi-regularly. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I mean, the the, the, the number the numbers they did was massive uh, in, yeah. in in relation, in relatively speaking. So yeah, I I agree. They're they're back, and uh, I don't think they're going anywhere. Uh, well, we were talking about ratings earlier with NXT and uh, and AEW. Uh, I thought it'd be nice since we have some we had two sets of ratings drop here in the last 24 hours. I thought we'd take a look at each of them. Uh, first of all, the WWE backstage preview episode that aired on FS1 uh, that drew. 597,000 viewers and was the 25th top-ranked cable show that night of the top 150. Uh, it's going to start airing regularly on Tuesday, November 5th. I've had a chance to watch a little bit more of this. That was a really good show. I was really surprised by these numbers, that there was this much interest on a kind of last-minute announced preview episode of WWE Backstage uh, over on FS1. I think this show will do really well. I love Renee as the host in this. I think she's great in that role. Yeah, I still haven't got to see it, but I, I, every, every, everybody I've talked to has, has said the same thing that you just said, that uh, you know, it, it, was, it was not like the other WWE-forced panel shows. It was much—it it, it felt different. It was more relaxed. It felt natural. Um, and, yeah, five, I mean, and, and, and I believe this, 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 this came on after—like, uh, this, this didn't—it came on at an odd time because it was a subject to not start until you know, right. sport, live sports programming was done. Um, so yeah, so it's impressive. 597,000. I mean, that's, I mean, that's only, you know, 200,000 off of what NXT right? that has live wrestling is doing on so. USA, no less on USA. Right. I, yeah, I thought the same thing, not far off the mark, uh, about, about even with what AEW's preview shows did as well. And you're right. It didn't start till 8 13 PM. Weird start time. Um, also we got the, uh, viewership in, uh, this is all from show buzz daily, by the way, Tuesday's episode of WWE total divas on the E network. 281,000 viewers, half of what WWE Backstage did. And you would think that that is not a good number, but that's actually up about 7.5% from last week's episode. Uh, It was the number 64-ranked show in the cable top 150. It's the best viewership of the ninth season so far. And I actually did watch this episode with Liz. I'm trying to get, like, caught back up on it. 
it's not a bad season, but Ronda Rousey comes across as a little stiff, in my opinion. She's not like a hyper-engaging character like uh, some of the other women on the show. She's just kind of a name. Does that make sense? Well, I mean, this I, I think this is overstated. It's welcome. And I used to watch Total Divas regularly um, in the earlier seasons. I, and, 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 you know, and honestly, I can tell you this. In its first couple seasons, it did exactly what it was set out to do. It, uh, the, it, I had, I mean, and I'm not just saying I had like one or two interactions and I'm going to exaggerate to say I had a bunch. I mean, I, I could, I mean, uh, to the point where I lost track, to the point where I couldn't count on two hands, uh, of going through life for a couple years there where um, just, somebody you know somebody who i knew or somebody's wife or somebody's girlfriend or just somebody that you know who would know that i was involved in pro wrestling and wwe uh coverage uh you know would say to me whether it was a female saying it to me or whether it was a guy saying it about his sister or his mom or his girlfriend or wife saying yeah so and so started started f- following a little bit more because of this total divas like yeah. you know watches the show and, and doesn't really watch raw necessarily but is interested in eva marie and, and her hair and and oh the, the 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 one twin who dates john cena like it, it did its job for a while of really crossing, you know, getting WWE exposed to 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 a different audience and and, and being a little bit larger and, and educating people. And, and I had people say, "Oh, I didn't know that WWE did that much traveling. That's insane." And you know, it did it for a while, and then I think it just, you know, it 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 just fizzled out. It's kind of like it. Yeah, I think it's just overstated as welcome, just from what I can tell. Would this show be more, you know, I'm thinking, I'm sitting here thinking about other women from WWE you could put on that would draw attention. And if, if Rousey's not really doing it, right, because this is the lowest viewed season or whatever, and she's a pretty big name. What do you think about, do you think Stephanie, if you put Steph on there and you got to see more of like what she does day to day with the kind of in the business end of it and being a mom, it'd be very different than the stories you get from the other women. But would that make it more appealing to you? Do you think you'd be more interested if, if you got to see what was going on in Steph's life? I, I'm sure across the board the viewership. It's, I mean, I, I don't. I think, and and I, I think Stephanie would actually be up for it to a degree. Just just by the little bit of rapport that I've built with her, I, I think she would. I actually think she would. I do think though she would be advised, and it probably would be best. They would have to rebrand the entire show. Like I mean, keep it on e. Like keep 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 the the platform. Keep all those pieces, but you would need to rebrand it to where it's almost you need to get rid of a lot of the other stories. You know, Total Divas obviously like, you know, it bounces around. You, you, the, you're you not going to want to have your executive, your 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 big female executive who, who is your company ambassador, basically. She is, you know, uh, for all intents and purposes for in the business world, she's the face of the company. Uh, she's taking that role over from Vince. Uh, you're not going to want to have her personal life side by side with some of the catty forced reality drama that they, that they, that they, show yeah. so like it, you'd have to really kind of rebrand what it's about and basically just focus it on her uh her yeah her being a mom her being a, a woman a woman in power we're not side by side with all the girls going to mexico getting getting trashed though i would like to, i would enjoy seeing stephanie get pulled into one of those storylines at some point during the season <laughs> i think that would make for very compelling television maybe yeah. maybe take a couple shots and just rock out to her own theme song from wwe right like soccer mom style i would totally be down for that uh, you know we joke you know obviously obviously she's you know i mean she's in her you know uh, 40s now and you know obviously mom and you know, whatever you know what i stumbled upon a couple weeks ago and again this was this is you know it's almost almost 20 years old i stumbled upon uh the video version of her in studio with howard stern and, th- and that was at about oh two okay um and i don't know if you've ever listened to that interview um but that's a <laughs> it's a very howard stern-esque interview and and she held her own she never once got ever 
you know, she's sitting on a couch with Dave Chappelle next to her and Howard's grilling her uh, like Howard Stern does on the, on the nature of questions and, and about working for her father. She had just started dating Triple H. It was kind of more public at this point. Um, and she never, ever got flustered or frustrated. She had to come back. She held with it. And they, he's he's grilling her about China. China had just left a few months earlier and was being very public about that. I don't know. The point I was going with this is that I mean, she can hold her own, and she if she's you know she can she can hold her own on camera. But I, I think I think for even as comfortable as she might say, yeah, I'm fine with doing this. I think she'd be advised. Look, you're you know you're a woman in power. We got to protect the image. So I think if they put her on a total divas like show, it would do tremendous viewership to see inside the life of her and Paul. But they would they would have to clean up the rest of it the rest the rest of the storylines that are Ten, on there and, and the cast 10th season reinvent it this and the 10th season this huge season total divas is finally getting down to business right i just gave you the tagline i think it's mm. great this came to me in this I, this moment here i feel good I feel alive with this good idea uh new japan pro wrestling got some new japan news here uh their parent company bushi road has purchased the all women's japanese promotion Stardom. Stardom tweeted out, Stardom has been acquired by Bushi Road. More details to come shortly. A press conference will be held today on the official YouTube channel addressing the acquisition with the Stardom roster on stage. Uh, Which, I read this, and immediately I just saw in my head Vince McMahon doing that thing where he holds WCW in his hands that moment there. This is not quite on the same level, but it's an acquisition nonetheless. Um, I saw this, and immediately what jumped out to me, and I thought was, um, is this New Japan making a play to start a women's division, which has been, uh, you know, New Japan has very passionate, loyal fans, but that has always been something that, I don't know if it's been a knock, but it's something that's been addressed, the lack of women's wrestling in New Japan pro wrestling, and so I thought maybe this is a chance to do this formally, uh, and then as quickly as I thought that, uh, that was kiboshed by an Observer report saying that New Japan and Stardom will be run and kept completely separate from one another. If there is a need by New Japan for women's matches, during foreign shows, something may be able to work out. So it does sound like in some iteration, we might start get to start getting to see women's wrestling in New Japan. And I think by foreign shows, I think they mean to do it in the uh, United States. I think they see women's wrestling as something that is becoming more prop, uh, popular and profitable in the in the United States. And I think this is something that they're going to try to experience. I, I'm, I'm just I'm just I'm just punditing here. But I would guess that, you know, the next time they try to do a run on the East-West Coast, maybe in the Midwest, which they haven't done yet, sprinkling a couple women's matches to make them special, make them feel special, I could see that happening. Well, as soon as I heard this, uh, my first thought was, excuse me, my first thought was, this is New Japan getting, getting, getting stock in the women's wrestling game. Right. Getting, you know, getting, getting some money out of the women's wrestling, but doing it in preparation for wwe trying to come into the market as we've talked about yesterday with an nxt in japan sure and uh so I'm, that was my thought was new japan l- let's get these girls from this company under our under our umbrella under our control so that way uh they're not being potentially utilized or partnering with the wwe how do you feel about new japan not having women's wrestling does it bug you do you have any opinions about it um it doesn't bug me it does Prior to them making this business acquisition, it, it it has I have thought about it in the last year, especially with all of the revolution going on around the world in women's wrestling. Um, and so I did think, you know, for new you know New Japan for you know they're for as historic and as you know cutting edge as they can be, you know that seems like they're kind of missing a marker. So then again, so them doing this 
starts to make sense. Um, you know, I, I, it is you know it is a little disappointing to hear that the, 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 the companies are going to remain separate and that you know they're not going to start integrating the girls on actual New Japan branded shows. Um, but I, I but I also have to imagine that now I'm starting to get into territory that I know nothing about. I don't know if it has anything to do with culture, customs, tradition of what New Japan's ran on of why they want to stick to just men. I, you know, I don't know. But. Culturally, it seems like there's it's fine. There's Japanese women's wrestling promotions, right? I don't. I don't, I, know. I, I don't know. Yeah. Very odd. But I mean, like, I don't know. I don't know what the values and culture is on the found on, on the on the dating back to the founders of New Japan. And you know, I don't. I don't know what the hell that is. I don't know. Anyway, uh, well, lastly, here uh, we have some Impact Wrestling women's news. Uh, women's Pro Wrestling Weekly. They recently spoke with Katie Forbes, and on the uh, during the interview, she confirmed that she has signed a deal with Impact Wrestling. She says, "Yeah, so they let me be me, and I can embrace it." So you're all going to see a lot more of that because starting today, I've just signed with Impact. Uh, she is also, I believe, still currently a part of WOW, which is also on Access TV. Uh, and she's currently dating RVD, who is also signed to Impact Wrestling. Uh, are you very familiar with Katie Forbes? I know what she looks like. I've always thought she has a great look. And I'm not, I'm not just saying that from a sex appeal standpoint. I'm just saying I think she just has a good look. Yeah. Um, she's different uh, than, than than a lot of the other females in wrestling. Um, but I, I don't know much. I can't say that I, I can't say that I can tell you what her signature moves are, no. <laughs> She well, she has done a lot of work here in the Midwest. She worked for Hero up at uh, 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 Green mm-hmm. Lakes Championship Wrestling. Uh, I got yep. a chance to do a lot of shows with Katie. She's not like um, she's not Trish Stratus, right? She she can't go out there and her moveset's not quite like there, but she gets her character right. She is a, a an entertainer, and um, you know, with the Scarlett Bordeaux leaving, I can see her filling that role. And I I think that yeah, I think this is a good hire here from Impact Wrestling. I'm sure our, I'm sure Rob. Very happy uh, that his girl du- dual income household now, and you get to work with your your girlfriend. Yeah, uh, isn't it, isn't it crazy? It, like tw- you know, twenty five, thirty years ago and beyond, it was like taboo. You don't want to date the, the the you don't want to date the chicks in the business and all, all this stuff. And now it's like far more commonplace that you pretty much got to marry and link up with whoever you're working with just so you can have a relationship because you guys are both on the road. <laughs> My guest at this time is the host of the new podcast, Eyes Up Here. She is the queen of extreme. It is Francine. Francine, welcome to the Winkley. Hi, thanks for having me. <laughs> no problem. I'm very excited to chat with you. I actually uh, got to catch a little bit of your stage show from uh, StarCast this past time around. I thought that was a lot of fun. Oh, my goodness. That came on like it was a very last-minute thing. Yeah. So I hope it wasn't too bad. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was very. But I mean, that's the thing is I, I listened to the, you know, most of the first episode of Eyes Up Here. I, I saw the stage show. You're a very casual conversationalist. I mean, what exactly draw, drew you into wanting to do podcasting right now? I never wanted to have a podcast. <laughs> um, I actually uh, I, I didn't want social media. I didn't want to do anything in wrestling anymore. And then. Um, a couple of years ago, uh, my one of my best friends is Daphne from uh, WCW. Oh, yeah. And um, she asked me to do WrestleCon with her. And it was a couple of years ago. It was in New Orleans. And I hadn't done anything in years. And I said, well, I guess I'll go with you because, you know, it'll be a weekend, the girls weekend or whatever. Sure. And she's like, well, if you do this, you need Twitter. So I'm like, well, no one's going to want to talk to me. It's been like a million years, you know? Sure. And she's like, no, just sign up for Twitter. You'll be fine. And signed up for Twitter and realized that, that ECW is still kind of a thing now, 20 years later, yeah. um, <laughs> which I was, I was shocked at. And, you know, after I uh, signed up for 
Twitter, I kind of was doing the social media thing. I started my own YouTube channel. And then my wonderful co-host, Chad, from the two-man power trip came to me about a month and a half ago and was like, do you want to do a podcast? Yeah. And I said, you know what? I'm not really interested in a podcast because mm. I'm not the type of girl who's going to sit there and give you like raw and SmackDown um, opinions or results or whatever, because I don't really watch wrestling anymore. And he pitched it as a lifestyle podcast. Okay. And I said, you know what? That, that sounds kind of fun. You know, I'm a big Disney nerd. Uh, I call myself a Disney dork. Um, love Disney. So I was like, well, can I put Disney in there? And he's like, you could talk about whatever you want. So that's what we've been doing. And, and there is an aspect of wrestling, but it's like, you know, talking about me being on the road or, or doing something wrestling related. It's not necessarily what's going on in the world of wrestling. Yeah. Um, it's how do I relate to wrestling? Because this it's a personal podcast. You know, I incorporate family life. I incorporate my friends, uh, life on the road. I told you my Disney obsession, entertainment, just whatever I feel like talking about. Yeah, well, you know, I, the first episode I was listening to, your first guest was one of my favorite people ever in pro wrestling, and that's Hack. You brought the Sandman on. Why did you think that he was the best person to, to kick it off with guest-wise? Uh, he's never done podcasts. Yeah. And um, we, I, I, we don't only do audio, we do video as well. And if you ever have seen Sandman, it's like you're at a zoo and you're looking at a caged animal. Um, so I thought it would be really fun to have him on uh, video as well as audio. And, and like he said no to everybody. But, um, Sam and I have kept in touch over the years and we'll text each other at random over stupid things. And he had called me the day before and I said, listen, I'm, I'm doing uh, my podcast tomorrow. Will you do it for me? He's like, yeah, what time? I said, wonderful. So I just uh, told him the time, sent him the link, and he was right there. So yeah. it was definitely a find because that's pretty rare. He doesn't do much. Um, he's not that savvy with the internet. Yeah. No. <laughs> so, well, he's got one of them. Uh, hover, he's got one of them hoverboards, though. I see him at the wrestling shows, just chilling out. Have you seen him on his hoverboard rolling around? No, he hasn't brought that because I would have tried it if he had it. Oh. He hasn't brought that. Maybe because where I go with him, we fly. Oh, okay, that's fair. Yeah, because I I did I did a couple shows with him here yeah. in the Midwest, and uh, yeah, he brings the hoverboard. He's just like cruising around like he's an eighteen year old. It's wild. He's an interesting cat. So <laughs> he's awesome. He's he's one of the best people that I've ever met, and I love him dearly. And um, you know, he's been he's been a friend for over twenty years. So I I had to get him on the podcast. Well, do you have like a favorite Sandman? I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, I was gonna... no, go ahead. I just said I had to get him on the interview. Oh, absolutely. So. Well, since you guys are such good friends, I was wondering, yeah. do you have like a favorite Sandman story? Is there something that comes to mind when you think of him? Oh my gosh, I have saved him so many times. <laughs> I I call myself his life coach uh, because there are so many things that he does not know how to do himself, and he'll text me and he'll be like, "Girl, what's this? Girl, what do I do?" Um, <laughs> He has a girlfriend now that's kind of leading him in the right direction. But as far as like the wrestling goes, um, it, he'll he'll come to me for a lot of things. And there was this one thing that happened, and I've told this story before. But um, we were—I don't remember what town—but we were all in a like a, a van, a cab van, the big um, the big vans. You know, we were trying to get from the hotel from the airport to the hotel. And, um, you know, Sandman had his, um, I call them his vitamins. 
on hand. Okay. Um, if you use your imagination, you can understand what I'm talking about. Sure. Uh, but he got into a fight with the cab driver, and the cab driver wanted us to get out, out of the van, and Sandman wouldn't get out of the van, and so he called the cops. So as the cops are being called, Sandman gives me all of his vitamins and tells me to stick them in my underwear and my bra. Oh my god! Because he thought he was, yeah, he thought he was going to go to jail. Oh good. And um, so I did it because I figured, well, maybe they won't bother me. And there was a dog with one of the cops. Oh god! And I said, I don't know if dogs can sniff out pills like i don't i don't know if that's just the marijuana thing because i don't really partake but i was like so scared that i was going to go to jail but he always tells me girl i would have said it's mine you wouldn't have been in trouble and blah 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 but um yeah my my panties were full of um vitamins (laughs) (laughs) trying to save his ass so that's that's just one of many crazy stories that um, wow. that I have about Sandman. Well, see, that's the thing is, you know, you. <laughs> but I loved him. That's that is a crazy story. Um, you're a real you're a real friend, Francine. You're like the best friend. I am. You are. I am a good friend, good life coach, and I will guide you in the right direction every time. So, so, so that, um, I will put myself over for that. That's the thing is, so like you've got more of a lifestyle podcast, you say here with Chad, right? And the other kinds of wrestling podcasts, yeah. it's usually some kind of you know wrestling news show, which is kind of like what you're part of here. And then there's also like the Bruce Pritchard, like you know behind the scenes breaking down stories, infamous moments like that. Um, will we get? Will fans can can they get any expect any of that from your show as well? Um, I mean, I, my podcast is very casual. Um, I will make notes about things, but like today, we're just kind of winging it, you know. And and it's just um, sometimes I'll I'll go on Twitter and I'll ask fans like, do you have any questions? Is there any guests you want to see? That kind of thing. This is only our like fourth episode or something. Um, so I, I'm basing this on what the fans want. And a lot of fans have told me they're kind of tired of the whole Raw Smackdown thing. They wanted something a little different and they want something that has to do with my life. So I'm just trying to like pull the curtain back and, and give you a look into my world beyond wrestling with a little touch of wrestling in there and then all the things that I enjoy. That's what the podcast is going to be like. Um, not trying to take away from anybody else. I don't want to copy anybody. Um, we do have a Patreon that we just set up. And one of the cool things about it, and I I, I don't think anybody else has offered this before. I, I'm thinking that I'm the pioneer, but I could be 100% wrong. But one of the tiers is um, for the fans to come on and have like a 20-minute segment on the podcast. Oh, okay. So if you're a Patreon, yes, which is so different, right? Because I've never seen that before because I've studied other people's Patreons and I, I haven't seen it. Um, but I'm giving fans the opportunity to come on and spend 20 minutes with me and they could talk about whatever they want or they can talk to me or if they have a charity they want to promote. Um, just trying to do things that are different right now instead of giving everybody the same old podcast. 
So we're trying to shake things up a little bit, but definitely mine is more of a lifestyle podcast than a wrestling podcast. It's got a little wrestling thrown into it. Man, that's wild. Like, what do you, what, so if these fans come on and stuff, obviously you said you like Disney. What are some other things that you like to talk about? What are your other passions? Um, I talk about entertainment. I talk about like, um, shows. I'm a big brother fanatic. So okay. we've been discussing, you know, big brother, um, any reality shows. I like to talk about that. If there's gossip in the world, I'll throw that in there. Um, I, we, I've had a guest on every episode so far, which has been great. Right. Um, so we've been, ha- you know, we have a, a guest for about 30 to 40 minutes. Um, yeah, Disney is a big part of my life. My, my family and I go every year, so I study Disney every single day. I watch Disney videos on YouTube, food reviews, ride reviews. Like, I am a complete Disney nerd and dork, and I'm proud of it. Okay. So, um, Chad likes Chad likes Disney, too, so that was that's great because we can banter back and forth for 20 minutes about Disney stuff, and the fans are liking the Disney talk, so yeah. I'm happy about that, um, you know. Uh, we just whatever whatever pops up, we'll talk about. Disney's great. Do you Casual. Ever, do you ever do you ever watch Survivor? Are you a fan or no? I've never seen Survivor. No, that's one I have not watched. Oh, okay. but my sister tells me it's really. <laughs> it's great. It's my favorite. It's yeah, my I might f- have to get into that. Yeah, it just came back. That's why I asked, right? So anyway, um, okay. Well, I was while I was researching you for this interview, Francine, I did think it was very interesting. That there was like uh, a crossover between you and like another big popular pro wrestling podcast personality, and that's of course Bruce Pir- Pritchard, who's like the king of pro wrestling podcasts at the moment. Were you supposed to be like his valet at one point? What was the story behind this? Oh yeah, so I mean, he gives a different perspective. I know he talks about it. I think on one of his podcasts, but what I was told is that they were looking at me to come in as sister love. And because at the time, I, 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 a man named Ed Cohen was calling me. Um, Ed worked in the office, and I know he doesn't work there anymore, but this is the 90s now, so you're going back over 20 years. Um, this man, Ed Cohen, was calling, and he kept telling me, like, um, they, were, they, they were using models or women that were in the area for that show, but they, they wanted one girl that was, you know, specific to the character, and my name kept coming up in meetings um, because I guess they saw my work, you know, for Paul and ECW. And um, when I wasn't home to take the call, he would talk to my mom because I was living at home at the time. I was only in my early 20s. Okay. And he would tell my mom, like, you know, WWF would pay her so much more than than ECW would. So I would come home and my mom would say, that nice man Ed Cohen just called and he says you can make more money under Vince than you could under Paul. And I'm just like, mom, stop. <laughs> you know, I don't want to leave. Uh, I, I have no desire to leave. So after about a month of getting these calls, like I started to feel really guilty. And, and Ed would always tell me after the conversation, don't tell Paul we had this conversation. Oh boy. That's what he would say. Yeah. Don't tell Paul we had a conversation. So well, finally, I was like, okay, I'm going to tell Paul. And I went right to Paul, and I was like, this guy has been calling me for over a month now, and I told him everything. And Paul just looked at me, and he's like, I can't compete with their money. And I said, well, I know that. I said, but can I get maybe a raise? Because it, I was still green as grass. I was brand new. And he said, yeah, I'll give you a raise. 
and I said, then I'll stay. And he gave me a raise, and I stayed. And then I stayed until we went out of business. So yeah. um, I never had a desire to leave. And I really wasn't using that as leverage per se. Um, you know, at that point, it was just like I wasn't making a lot of money, but I thought if he could throw me a couple more bucks, it would help. Yeah. And he was on board with it, and, um, you know, I stayed. And, and that's the whole story. Yeah. Wow. Uh, well, you obviously, you know, were such an integral part of, of ECW. So he made a good call. Paul did. Uh, what, what do you think of Paul? Did you enjoy working with Paul? Oh, my gosh. He was the best boss I ever had. He um, with it without Paul, there would be no Queen of Extreme Francine. You know, yeah. uh, he he gave me the ball. I was able to run with it, but I wouldn't have had that opportunity if it weren't for Paul, because, you know, um, he he was just so approachable he listened uh he didn't just say you do this and that's it he cared about my opinion um he was just approachable he was always there for me if i needed him he was easy to reach he always took my phone calls like i i can't say enough good things about paul Heyman. so um i'm not one of those bitter guys that that will bury him um i'm thankful that he came into my life are you and, so- and i'm happy for him i'm happy that you know, working at, was he at Raw now? I think he's running Raw or whatever. So, um, yeah, brilliant business mind. Are you, yeah. su- are you surprised Very to see him? Man. Are you surprised after everything that you went through with him and ECW that he's now like at home in WWE? Is that surprising to you? No, no, I'm not surprised at all. I mean, that, that much talent shouldn't be Bob, you know, kept, kept a secret. He needs to be out there and he needs to, <clears throat> excuse me, be pushing for the guys that might be overlooked because that's what Paul does. You know, he finds the talent and he brings it out of people. And um, I think with him being up there, a lot of guys that might've been overlooked are going to get an opportunity. And I think that's a great thing. That's very cool. Well, right now, of course, um, you know, there's the women's revolution is in full swing. Uh, You were really ahead of the curve as far as women that were standing out in the business. You did a lot of risque things as well. What do you think of the current women's revolution and would you like to see more aspects of the risque come back into the the women's division i mean no you know what what i miss is is the use of managers you know because you you never know what the people outside are going to do um you know if you have two guys working yeah you're going to get a match it might be a great match but if you have two girls on the outside, you don't know when they're going to jump in and mix it up. So I, I really think that managers and valets, they definitely need to make a comeback in this business because they're, they're not used that much, um, you know, from what I have seen on television. Uh, on the indies, they're all over the place. But, uh, you know, mainstream, they don't use them enough. So that's what I miss in professional wrestling. Um, Paul knew exactly what he was doing when when i started um i was training to wrestle and paul told me i'm not a fan of women's wrestling you're going to get over so much more by being a manager and he was 100 percent right so um but but nothing taken away from the girls i think they're doing an excellent job uh headlining wrestlemania who would have ever thought it you know what i mean Uh, kudos to them uh and and god bless them some of these bumps they're taking though when they're 40 they're gonna be walking funny i'm telling you right now because i don't feel that good and the little bit that i did the way they're working 
I feel for them, but um, they're, they're doing wonderful things there, and I wish everybody continued success. You make the sound I make when I talk about bumps. I'm like, uh, yeah, why? Uh, God, jeez. Um, it's, it's, it's a hard business to be in, you know what I mean? We did what we had to do, but I remember my mom telling me when I was in my 20s, like, when you're 40, you're going to be full of arthritis, and I just was like, ah, I'm above the law. I'm fine, you know? And now that I'm in my 40s, she was right. Wow. Um, well, <laughs> yeah. Well, you teed me up for a great way to tie this all up here to wrap up the interview with uh, bringing up the managers. Of course, you worked for years in ECW alongside Shane Douglas, who you now share space with alongside the two-man trip of power or two-man power trip of podcast, uh, who also have a Shane Douglas show. Uh, how does it feel to be working in the same space as Shane again? And what are your memories of Shane? What was it like working with Shane Douglas? Well, uh, we're still working together. We just did a show together, and we worked with Stevie Richards. Oh wow! Uh, so it was it was like it was like we were in a time machine and went back twenty years. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I don't do too many shows, but we we've done a, a handful of shows together, and um, they're still booking us together. I guess people still want to see us, but my gosh, it's it's surreal, you know. And and we just keep it lighthearted and fun out there, and because that's what it's all about at this point, you know. And we're we're giving the fans some nostalgia and and a good time, and we're making people smile. And, um, I mean, that's, that's all you can ask for at this point in my life. You know, I just want to go out there, see some old friends and have a good time. And I get to do that. And, and it's such a blessed life. So I, anytime I can see somebody from the ECW locker room, it makes me so happy. That's awesome. Francine, thank you so much for the time here again. Uh, the podcast is called eyes up here. The queen of extreme Francine, anything you want to yeah. plug, promote, put over here, send us home talking about the podcast. Yeah, yeah, just uh, all social media is ECW Diva Francine. I'm on Twitter, Instagram, uh, YouTube. Um, I do live streams on YouTube uh, every couple weeks, so check that out. And uh, there's a Facebook page as well under that. Um, and you'd go there and see where I'm going to appear. And, um, you know, check out the Patreon page. It's uh, Patreon slash uh, podcast. Francine or Francine Podcast, one of those, I forget. But um, you can check it out there. We're here. We're here with Jimmy Jacobs from Impact Wrestling. Uh, they're presenting Bound for Glory on Sunday, October 20th from the Odeon Expo Center in Chicago. Jimmy, what do you think about the move to Access TV and what that means for Impact Wrestling? Uh, really grateful that we got this uh, this move to Access, this bigger platform. Because you know, for the past couple of years, I think we've been putting out a, a good product. You know, for the past regimes of, uh, of Impact for you know was TNA. I think. Uh, there's a lot of damage, you know, from the fans' perspective, you know, a lot of, like, sort of a mistrust. And so for the past couple of years, we've worked really hard to, to rebuild that. And, you know, I go to these independent shows, I'm at the merchandise tables, I have fans come up to me and go, oh, man, this is, you know, the, the product's great. But, you know, on the platform we were at, just people weren't seeing it, man. You know, people aren't seeing uh, the, the platforms we were on. So... I think uh, being on a stage that more people can view the product we're putting on is is absolutely key. It's just like one of the keys 
to expanding this company, man. You know, with, without that, it's like, what are you going to do? And uh, as a follow-up, what made you want to be a part of Impact with so many different options in the wrestling world right now? Yeah, you know, so after I after I got fired from WWE, which was like two years ago, um, you know, I've known Scott more since I was like probably like 16. So he called me up. He said, hey, you know, we should probably have a chat, see if, you know, you're any value to us and we're any value to you basically uh, and we had a chat and I came down to their, their bound for glory two years ago and it was just a good fit man you know I you know I'd Ring of Honor and wanted to bring me at the time, and you know, I'd, I'd worked there for you know ten years, and um, this just seemed like a nice fit at the time, and it continues to be a good fit. It continues to be you know there's a, there's a small core of people that are working on the creative team, and I like that. Uh, I'm I'm valuable you know creatively and as a producer you know working backstage at the TVs, uh, and I get along with the talent. I think we have good talent. I like the people I work with and work for, and you really can't ask for more than that. Speaking of the talent. Who do you get most excited about working with? And who's man? What's, what's um, yeah? There's there's a lot of stuff that's like really fun right now. Uh, I mean, just because they're here, I'm not just because they're here, but like you know, Johnny Swinger bringing him in and the, the story we're doing with him, the character we're doing with him is super fun. Taya has been like on a roll as far as like you know, she was like we brought her back as a baby face about a year ago. We brought her for last year, and yeah, she's a good baby face, you know, good baby face. But like we turned her heel and it's a different character she's ever been before and she took that and man like she's been hitting that out of the park well, Here's where I know like a, a, a character or, or a, a talent is really Coming along. It's when I when I don't have to do almost anything for them like me the way I like to produce and write is like the, the least I have to do the better, because ultimately I can never be Taya Valkyrie better than Taya can be Taya. And once she realizes that and realizes who she is and figure out, figures out who she is, I just go, yeah, yeah, just say, you know, talk about this. And she just goes. And that's like, you know, that's when you see a camera come into the realm. And I like that. Yeah, Taya, I love like Madison Rain's locker room leader character she's doing right now. I love the uh, Ace Austin. I love like Eddie Edwards uh, and Alicia Edwards. Like they're constant, like, you know, Bonnie and Clyde, like love, hate, marriage. I mean, there's so many, you know, Tessa Blanchard's awesome. So there's so many great talents, man. It's, it's really fun, actually. Do you still have any goals in the ring? No, I don't think so, man. I don't think so. Like, I, I, I do like performing. You know, I still and I still do perform on the weekends. I, you know, I, I I've got a like a 30 day tour up in Canada coming up at like small towns, small shows, and I, I do love performing, but like, I got nothing to prove. I got nothing to do. Like. I, I'm of more um, of more value backstage I think on a national scale and uh, yeah man I don't, I, don't, I still love performing but yeah man I, here's the thing I don't think I have really goals in life I'm just here dude but I love it. Uh, do you want to talk a little bit about your podcast? And, yeah, and man, yeah. So I started a, a podcast back in May called Jimmy Jacobs Doesn't Know. Uh, it's basically like my my journey through life. You know, I went to went to rehab about uh, two two and a half years ago, and I had to sort of reevaluate like everything in life. You know, and I think everybody, I think everybody should like get like thirty days to just you know whether you're an addict or not, just like because at some point we all go through something. And we just go like I can't handle life anymore, and to get this like pulling case of emergency, uh, thirty days where you go away and nobody's allowed to talk to you, and you don't have to deal with anything out in this world. It's just like 
hey, just deal with you. Just, you know, work on yourself for 30 days. Man, it gives you a perspective. It, it allows you to step back from everything. It allowed me to step back, step back, not just from like drug use, but also from like wrestling and my life and just go like, wait, what, what, what what's going on here, man? Like, how, how should I be living? How should Amos be living? You know, I, I've spent my whole life you know, doing this thing called following my dream, following my dream. And here I am working for WWE, you know, as close to the top of the mountain as you can get, surrounded by people that are at the top of the mountain, surrounded by people that are, that are millionaires and are, are doing great and are famous. But that doesn't bring happiness. That that doesn't mean anything, actually. So maybe maybe the way I was living wasn't the way to live. So I just said, all right, I got to throw it all away. I got to go, okay, from, from square one, from base one. I don't know anything. That's why the podcast is called Jimmy Jacobs Doesn't Know. So Jimmy Jacobs Doesn't Know, I don't know anything. How should I be living? How sh- how should we live? What is life? And what's the best way to live it? And so it's taking me down like this journey I did not expect to go down. I did not expect to come with the answers I came up with. And that's what the podcast is really about. It's me talking to people going like, hey, man, I've been alive for 36 years. Uh, you've been alive for 35. What have you figured out your 35 years on this planet? Because here's what I figured out. I don't know if it's right, but, you know, so it's, it's fun, man. Uh-huh. Uh, what books are you reading? Uh, what bo- so right now I'm reading a book recommended me by uh, PJ Black, uh, who if you listen to the episode with him on the podcast is just it's just wild, man. PJ is like he's like this like ninja shaman like dude. He's like he's just crazy, awesome. Uh, he recommended a book called Becoming Supernatural by Dr. Joe Dispenza, and it's basically more more or less about manifestation if you're familiar with that and just but like some of the science behind it and it's you know. I, I have never been a, a believer in that sort of stuff. Your stuff about the secret manifestation, you know, the law of attraction. You go, ah, this is all, yeah, this is all BS. But uh, it's like, it's like, yeah, who knows though? Who, who knows any of it? And who's to say, oh, th- th- this is what it is? If there's one thing I've learned in the past couple of years, it's like nothing is what it is. Absolutely nothing is what it is. Like this isn't a table. We just happen to call it a table because this is how we organize our, our, our life, right? We need somebody to put it on. We say, okay, things you put on, stuff on, it's called a table but like it's not a table like you know a dog doesn't say oh look there's a table and like okay fine let's let's say it's a table but you zoom in closer and closer it's like okay now it's molecules you zoom in closer and closer now it's you know atoms you zoom in closer now it's like subatomic particles and then actually atoms are 99.9 something percent space so really we're just i have my phone on on space on space patterns it's like wait nothing is what it is and if you get really really close to the quantum level like uh all, all these things they exist, you know, these electrons or whatever exist like in all possibilities all at once until they're being observed. Like what? Like what? Like what is happening in this world? And I, that's all I want to talk about. It's like, what's going on here, guys? And uh, I think it's it's just fascinating. So yeah, man. You know, if if a if whatever some subatomic particles uh, only come into the state they're in when observing it, it's like okay, fine. Maybe there's a connection between like uh, consciousness and and matter. But who knows, man? Who knows? Any of it. It's wild. Life's wild. It's Creative great. Mind behind impact <laughs> wrestling. Thank you very much, Jimmy. Thank you, dude. Thank you very much, Justin, for joining me to talk the news at the top of the uh, the top of the show. Thank you to Francine for the time. Again, go check out her podcast. Eyes up here, everybody. Eyes up here. Uh, also, thank you to Brian Wolf for going out to the uh, Impact Wrestling LA Media event and getting that great interview with Jimmy Jacobs. Uh, and thank you all for tuning in here today. Uh, this is our last weekly of the week. We'll be back next Tuesday. We'll have the AEW NXT ratings. We'll get to dive into those. We'll see who's right, who's wrong. 
uh, about what's going up, what's going down. Uh, if you like the show, you like all of our post shows, head over to the Wrestling Inc. iTunes channel, uh, Wrestling Inc. Audio, five-star ratings, nice comments, always appreciated. Uh, and this weekend, uh, of course, Impact Wrestling is descending on my backyard of Chicago, Prelude to Glory on Friday, All Glory on Saturday, and then, of course, Bound for Glory will be Sunday at the Odium here in Chicago. I will be there. I will be covering the event. I've got the uh, I got the press materials yesterday. It sounds like they're going to be doing uh, some pre-show interviews uh, that we'll get out for you guys, and then it sounds like they're going to do uh, a post-show scrum as well. So we'll have a lot of coverage coming out of that. And uh, I've been told I may be sitting front row, so uh, keep an eye out for me. Uh, I might be rocking my, my Wrestling Inc. Uh, t-shirt there on Sunday night. Uh, all right, Justin, what do you want to plug, promote, put over here before we wrap up the show today? Well, first, I'd like to point out last week, as we were in, in our competition, you said that AEW viewership was going to go up. Uh, and I said, no, both are going to go down and both did go down. So I'm, I'm, hold, I'm holding down. Both are going to go down again this, this week. So we'll, I, we'll see. I don't know, man. Uh, I think AEW might see a little bump this week. I'm not sure. I don't know. Uh, well, speaking of AEW, next week they are in Pittsburgh at the Peterson Event Center for uh, for AEW Dynamite. I'll be there. Prior to that, you can hang out with me. Uh, if you don't find me in the arena, you can hang out with me. I'll be at the brand new Oakland Craft House. Um, it's right uh, right on Oakland Avenue, just a couple steps away from uh, the arena. So there's going to be uh, $4 specials on a couple different uh, beers, $7 sandwiches. It's going to be a good time. I'll be there from 4 to 7, the brand new Oakland uh, Craft Brew House. So uh, come check that out and join me next Wednesday. I am at Wink Rebel over on Twitter. Thank you again so much for joining us for all three Winklies this week. And remember, if you winked, you didn't miss it. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.